What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today we got a uh, quarantine special here. Uh, I am actually just recording this with my trusty, dusty sound guy, DeMarco, mm-hmm. a.k.a. John Thompson. Oh. What's up? How's it going? He is, yeah, he's at home. I'm at home. This is really weird. I hate it. It's weird, uh, but it works. It does. Work. We'll see what the quality is, man. But I am actually very intrigued. You're you're slowly persuading me to get think outside of the box and maybe go get some guests that are from elsewhere, elsewhere oh, outside yeah. of the state, maybe even outside of the country. Who uh, knows? I mean, I, yeah, I, if we get anywhere, anybody could call in with like a Skype line or whatever. I can we can make it work, you know. Do you think we could do um, like, like? Do you think we could do like guest call-ins too, and just like yeah. bullshit with some of our fans? Yeah, I think so because we, um, it would be a little harder here, but not impossible. But we could do it from you know where we normally record. There's um, a phone that has you know a speakerphone, and mm-hmm. you know you could you know really quick and dirty mic the speakerphone like you would like a guitar amp or something but there's probably also like a headphone out on there yep. that we could totally run that into the interface and just record it like line level right that like that that seems interesting man i'm super down we were getting too nerdy though our listeners don't care about this yeah, stuff i mean <laughs> you know i love to, i love to walk out about audio so did you totally get so our government in essential uh, essentially has completely shut down our economy mm-hmm. um from a shipping standpoint which i'm kind of an expert on transportation at this point um our volumes are down like 40 percent just because a lot of uh a lot of the things that are moved on a truck will be like steel you know, aluminum yeah. lumber uh none of those industries are really working right now they're not essential oh, uh the, maybe not I, the shipping i know uh my so actually i have something to add to that my uh cousin's husband is a he's an engineer for u.s steel at they have a plant in northern indiana he's been since this all started since uh since china shut all of their factories down he has been like non-stop busy because they've been doing all of their normal orders plus a lot of orders that would have gone to china they're handling exactly but a lot of that so that's that would be like kind of an essential thing Mm -hmm. and i'm still lumber but i will say this um I had someone ask me, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me. So, hey, uh, as far as shipping, are we, you know, are we okay? Like, well, as far as grocery is concerned, the only industry, the only sectors of growth in our economy are, oop, there's a, sorry, one second, I'm going to shut this Okay. Oh, we lost Rick. The yard, oh, yard guys here. Oh, okay. um, no, I'm here. I <laughs> uh, just, uh, just didn't want the, the interview, but as far as, um, the industry sectors of growth, grocery obviously is right. doing well. Medical, the med- medical device sales and equipment is is through the roof. And um, I feel like I think a lot of things more. that are like uh, consumer stuff that is not necessarily like full on luxury, but kind of like you know more like leisure time activities that you can do from home. Like uh, anecdotally, I know that the weed shop that I go to, they said that they've been doing more business than normal because they're doing they do delivery too so, well, so a lot of people have been just ordering delivery and having it sent to their home 
Yeah, that's that's and I think that our economy and I think that our nation, the world's going to look different after this. But uh, to the point that I was trying to make before, there's still the truck trucks are allowed to move the government deregulated the eld which means that the strong solo and i'm nerding out here the guy that does a bunch of cocaine or math or whatever yeah and can run 800 miles in a day he's fucking back yeah though so, so our our drivers are, are they're doing well though they're they're gonna start hurting too because there's not that much there's not as much freight as there was the freight that yeah. there is available is all consumer goods toilet paper um, you it's know, consumable that's stuff. milk, yeah, consume perishable items. That's gonna that's gonna start moving. And and I, I'll say this: if that shit ever stops, then we should be scared. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything about the gun debate. In fact, I've had people reach out to me uh, and say, you know, how do I? Where do I get a gun? Can I get a gun? Yeah. I mean, and the, and I'm not saying I'm not. I I just think it's interesting. And if you also take a look about look at the people that were just, I don't know, I would say social justice war. It's on both sides. Fuck both sides. Both teams. They both suck. Yeah, um, I mean, when you get into, uh, like, it's all just getting here. points, brownie points for red team, blue we team. Gotta, we, we got a bootstrap. Oh, dude, those people fucking bought all the toilet people, the people mm-hmm. that were social, ju- they bought all the toilet, they all took more than they needed. Oh, they, as soon as there was a fucking whiff, well, I mean, it's a like everything Everything about that is the same type of people in the 80s that were pushing Reagan's trickle-down economics, which just only worked to consolidate wealth at even higher levels than it was already at and even higher, like, greater quantities. So, like, they're the same people that are, like like you said, buying all the toilet paper and panicking about, like, everything and buying all the, like, weird non-essential things, like... When all this shit happened, like the first thought I had was just like, I went from like my normal kind of shopping thing where it's like, okay, I'm buying Cheez-Its, I'm buying beer, you know, I'm buying like, I don't want to cook. So I'm buying all this shit to like, I went to like caveman mode where I'm like, okay, I need to buy proteins. I need to buy vegetables, but I need to get canned. I need to get, you know, things that are going to last to like buy, I bought a shit ton of peanut butter, you know, and, uh, what else did we get? We bought... I bought like two whole chickens and like I've, there's only two people in my house, but we've made one chicken stretch into like six meals, seven maybe, because like you can eat. How much money do you think you saved? Saved? Oh, I, you know, it's hard to say because like the upfront cost is more than I normally spend like in a trip, but I can imagine like end over end, week under week over week, probably like. I'm spending maybe 60% of what I normally would have on. I mean, my beer budget has gone way up because there's nothing to do Uh, in quarantine, uh, but drink, but food wise, I think I'm probably spending about 60% of what I normally do because instead of buying like a lot of like really like only fresh vegetables and like, um, buying way more meat than I would, than I have been, you know, all that money goes there instead. Like, you know, when this started, when everybody was panic buying toilet paper, I was over buying like cans of beans and cans of vegetables and soup and broth and all these things that then I, you know, and I bought, like I said, I bought two whole chickens. I can stretch that. Like we would split every piece of like every cut of the, of the bird would make, we'd split it and have it as a meal. And then I can take all the carcass and the bones from two chickens and turn that into enough stock for like three nights worth of soup, you know, or, 
you know, even more if I used it as ingredients. So you went straight up Lithuanian. On oh it. yeah. I'm like, that's, that's the thing is that like, you know, I was kind of settling into like being, I don't know, like slightly above average American eater where I'm like cooking most everything, but still going out to dinner, you know, once or twice a week, just out of convenience to now where it's just like, fuck it. We're having borscht three nights this week and you just have to deal with it or something like that. Like I've gone full ethnic. It's great. You know, I, 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 I miss, I, I think my, so I was about to do a hard, the 75 hard, uh, Andy Fiscarella. And then my gym got shut down. My yoga yeah, studio mine as well. got shut down. And, uh, I just kind of went off the rails. I was just like, well, fuck this. Like I, I'm, I'm probably going to gain like 15 pounds off to get off. I was going to say, soon- I probably gained about five pounds of just beer weight, honestly. Oh man, I've been drinking. I've been tearing it up. Uh, that's not been good. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that's. I think that I really do miss. I really do miss being social. I'm not, and, and I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie to the audience. I'm not being great. I have definitely gone out, gone on walks and shit. Like I'm not just staying in my home. But I think that I've drastically reduced my contact with other human beings, and that's been kind of detrimental to my health. Like right. I'm, I'm too. I'm just to a point now where uh, I know that I can't continue to do what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm eventually I'm going to have to start working out at home because I'm going crazy. Yeah, I've been I'm, doing I've been trying to do, you know, it's it's hard to motivate myself to go running when it's like cold and raining like it has been for, you know, like the first week that I was. So I've been on paid leave now since Tuesday will be three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So the first week I was really good about keeping up with exercising because luckily like the weather was you know it was like in the upper 50s low 60s and it was sunny all day and like so like seasonal depression wasn't going to be an issue and it was warm so it was like not really like there wasn't a whole lot of motivation to get me to go out and go run so like you know I went running I think three times that week and did really well and then last week I think I ran once and the week before I didn't run because it was like really like low forties and heavy rain. And I'm like, normally I don't mind running in the rain. Um, like I ran, I've run two of the local half marathons twice and the, like, you know, I trained for like four months at a time for those and it was all over winter. So I've, you know, run through the rain quite a lot, but now it's just like, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. And also like, I don't want to risk going out in the cold and beating my immune system down a little bit, you know, and potentially making myself susceptible to catch this. So well, what I've been, what I've been told, uh, is that they, there's a hypothesis that says that if you have a certain type of blood type O positive, which I happen to be, mm-hmm. um, holla, that you have a less chance, you might have some natural immunities to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're, I believe, type AB, you might ha- be more susceptible to getting this. See, I think, uh, I don't know what I am. I know my dad is AB positive. So I'm probably some type of AB, I guess. I don't know what my mom is. You, you got to figure out what type of blood I, you have. I, yeah, I know. That's something I need. I mean, like, I my doctor knows and it's in my charts. I just, I don't know for some reason. I, I found out, like, seven years ago i think eight years ago i was 20 or 21 i, I did some blood work uh, because i'm gonna do uh hgh and steroids as soon as i hit <laughs> for sure um i just wanted to get my t levels tracked and so we did some blood work and i was like yeah i want to know what kind of blood blood type i am I'm, I'm on, and i turned out to be o positive which was dope. That's the o positive is the universal isn't it i'm a universal donor bro you know it's fucked up 
I've never given blood in my life. Oh, you should do that. I've never given blood either, though I've considered it. Though right now I don't don't want to risk it because I think I've already had this, so I don't want to necessarily pass it on. And also, like, I work in food service, so, you know, I don't want to. I'm still technically, like, the <laughs> what was so scary is that the Saturday. So I started my leave on it. It would have been three weeks ago on this coming Tuesday. And the Saturday before... I worked with two people that have been tested for this and one of them, oh, I never heard about one of them. And then the other girl tested, she was negative, but she still has all the symptoms of symptoms of it. And I've been recently reading a lot about how, um, both the, a lot of test kits that have been made were faulty. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, the tests that do come back are, there's like a, 30% or 40% false negative. So, <laughs> so, so she could have tested negative for it and had it. Cause she had all of the symptoms of like, she had a dry cough for weeks and, you know, had been out of, you know, in and out of work being sick and running a fever and everything. So oh. I'm kind of being extra cautious about it. So like under normal circumstances, I would totally, you know, donate blood but I don't want to take the chance of having it and accidentally putting it into, you know, a blood supply to give to a healthy person. Is that, is that a reality? I didn't even know. If that yeah. I mean, be. I think, I mean, I like you can, it's transmitted through, uh, air droplets or water droplets of saliva and like mucus. So I would think it could be bloodborne. Yeah. I don't know for sure. That's probably something I should, it says that it is possible to do it though. There's some, it's not conclusive evidence, but there is some. So it's possible, but not necessarily like probable. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. But like, I'm worried about it, not in the sense that it's like some apocalyptic event that the world's going to end. It's more that like, you know, like I, as a kid and up until probably about where I was 18, I had asthma that like for a good seven, eight years, I took like, you know, steroids for it, you know and have had a history of respiratory issues. And then I, you know, have family, like my fiance has, has some immune system issues with her lungs. And I know a lot of people around me also have, um, immunodeficiencies and my worry is not necessarily me getting it. It's more me passing it to somebody that could be more vulnerable to it. And then on top of that, like, it does make sense that it's, it's a virus. So right now it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a really, really, really strong flu, but it is a virus and viruses do mutate. So the idea is to try to kill it off or at least isolate it enough so it doesn't spread too much get a vaccine yeah. for it before it mutates. And, you know, it's possible it could do anything. It could become like entirely aerosol and be airborne for more than just like a few hours on surfaces or in the air. It could become that for days. You know, I was wondering, is it, like, is it gonna, is it going to mutate? But I mean, really, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. It's like, it's all over. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I will say this to anyone that's listening. This is such a unique opportunity that we're in right now. The state of the economy, if you have money, go in, man, go in, go all in on the stock market. Because there could be a giant transfer of wealth. It's not like I have 
hundreds of thousands of dollars to play with, but I would have sure. definitely bought, I would definitely would have bought a lot of Boeing stock. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's very, it's very, fa- it's very fascinating. I think that like, if you're in sales, definitely make sure that you're reaching out to your, your contacts. People are much more willing to talk to you on the phone and you're able to get uh, an in-depth overview of how they're handling this. Um, it's, it's been, I think that I've noticed that people are nicer to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, me being single, the dating game has been super strange. Yeah. I can't uh, imagine <laughs> that. Like I can't, I wonder how Tinder is doing, you know, with their, uh, you know, I mean, user I'm numbers not, have got, can't be that good right now. Oh no, the, I bet it's it's a lot higher because ain't ain't nobody got shit to do. That's true. Ain't nobody got shit to do, so people are more much more likely to uh, respond to you. I don't know though. Tinder's not really my jam. I'm more of a hinge guy myself. <laughs> I just think no, like, hinge makes it a lot easier for the because like if you don't know what this app is, it's um it's the dating app basically. But it's supposed you to be have, like it's like the young professional dating app or something. Is no, that? no, Bumble sucks. Everything sucks. So you have like it's like Bumble if you've used Bumble in the sense that you don't like you you definitely everything you swipe left or right. But if you're checking out a girl's profile, you'll scroll down instead of tapping, right? But it has little prompts on it. Like I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Like like this girl wrote, my most controversial opinion is baths are better than showers. And you can hit the light, like a little heart symbol on that. And when it, you can add a comment. So you don't necessarily, you can just kind of talk to girls without them matching with you. And pro tip here, boys and girls, don't ever like any of the photos. Like their little comment things or the little prompts because that facilitates a conversation and that makes them feel like you're not just looking at a picture of their boobs or whatever you're, <laughs> you're interested in them and then you can kind of talk because then it kind of gives you a window into uh, who they are so that's i've had way more success i think that's probably the best dating out there uh, dating app out there around nothing beats the old-fashioned meet in person but since we all can't be out to the bars, this is what we have to work with. This is it. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky that I'm not dating right now. I've, you know, I've said several times, like I have, you know, I deal with anxiety a lot and my anxiety, excuse me, before I went on leave was like up a wall. Like it was mainly because of the position I was in for work is like, I'm handling cash all day long. I'm in contact with people like transient all the time. Like we would, the store I work at, there would probably have been like in a day, a thousand people would come through that store, whether, you know, drive through or just coming through the inside and having to work with people in such close proximity, it was nerve wracking, you know, cause you know, I don't know, my immune system is pretty good, but it's not necessarily the best and I don't want to catch it and I don't want to give it to anybody. Um, you know, because like my one, my big fear about passing it is that while I might catch it, I know my dad was like, when I was a kid, I had strep throat, like, God, I must've had it like five or six times because my dad was a carrier for it and was, he would be totally asymptomatic and it wouldn't really affect him at all. And he would just pass it off. He was like typhoid Mary, just pass it off to my whole family. So my worry is that I could be like that. And I don't want to do that to anybody, especially anybody who's like potentially really sick. And my, my, I mean like the, the mutation thing scares me a little bit though. That's not really it. My big thing is like, look at what's happening in New York. Like this whole situation is like anybody who knows anything knows that the medical system in this country is like 
many decades behind where it should be based on how big our country is and how wealthy our country is. There's no reason it should be in the position it is right now, but like very like it's like what's going on right now is an outbreak, but it's not necessarily like horrible, horrible yet, but it's trending that way. And not even necessarily because of the virality of this thing. It's because our medical system is so like, it's like a hair trigger. It's like the whole, the whole thing, this whole country and the whole world economy now is a house of cards that this situation is going to like the toilet paper thing is a good example where it's like people way bulk bought panic bought toilet paper to the point where stores didn't have any warehouses didn't have any distribution centers didn't have any. So it was all the way back to the beginning of the chain of uh, manufacturer and they didn't know when they can keep up. They've kept up. But like, I know like hand sanitizer, most places were completely 100% out of hand sanitizer for, for weeks. And I've only just noticed like, the local Fred Meyer having some in stock or like at least um, like hand soap. And that's because a lot of like alcohol distilleries have, have switched over to making like dedicating some of their distillers to making hand sanitizer to try to make stuff, which is, it's like the, I think like you were saying, like, I think this, the situation hopefully will bring out a lot of better and change. Like I don't see a situation where we don't get complete or some like, mostly universal health care out of this because I, I wouldn't even go that far what i would say is how the fuck is my company going to tell me i have to go into the office yeah like right at home yeah i know right which is super interesting i will go back but i'm not going to work five days a week there's no fucking way not now like no there's no way i mean i had a customer move their entire supply chain into mexico because some of the states that they were producing out of were shut down Mm -hmm. and i just so happened to have certain strategically had certain things in place that allowed this to happen so that worked out very very well for me and it's like you know how how i i could literally point to these things like well so i'm actually i actually more efficient working at home look at this yeah look at at my numbers so that's going to be very interesting so i mean honestly my day-to-day besides like not being able to to smash weights or you know get my zen and yoga they pretty much remain the same i definitely work more yeah i definitely work more i've been i've been finding myself not not going to work like you know, the nature of my job wouldn't allow me to work from home, but I kind of think that might be like part of the reorganization of the economy, whether it's after just after this or when the eventual like the market's crashing and there's absolutely no way that we come out of this without at the absolute minimum a recession of some we're, sort. Yeah, we're, like we're going to go into a full depression. And I think part of that reorganization of the economy, I'm hoping, is a collapse of a lot of really big, bad companies and at least a strengthening of other good companies. And I think it's going to, it's going to change things like you were saying, make, hopefully make people wake up that, you know, probably a solid, most every job that isn't like a service oriented job where you have to have like face to face, hand to hand contact, it could be done remotely or at the very least with like a very small core group of people in an office to run things. And then everybody else kind of just working wherever they want, whether it's at home or, you know, at a cafe or a library or whatever. But I'll tell you, 
I'll tell you what, man. I did do a little bit of online shopping. I, I need a part of me wants to get Facebook again so I can hop on Facebook Marketplace. Dude, I bet there's some fucking screaming deals right now. Probably. I know that. Like, I went uh, yesterday. Oh, I, I went. I went shopping for um, uh, an elderly friend of mine. I, you know, they he asked. He had some stuff that he needed to mail and he needed food. So I offered to go do it for him. And I took it to FedEx. And he was gonna try to send something that would have been like a three day thing that like probably before all this started would have cost like maybe 60 bucks to get it there like that fast but even just end of the week costs 30 bucks and like to get it there in three days was going to cost nearly 200 dollars. like they've they've raised their rates a ton on uh fast things and like i've been doing a lot of online shopping for like not necessarily even just kind of stuff i want but like you know, I bought like when all this went down, I bought like six months of allergy medication um, on on Amazon and had it shipped here. And the shipping times are instead of being like Amazon was always pretty good about being fairly consistent about everything is like two to three days. Um, now it's they're saying they're trying for two, but it could be a week, you know, and I've That's had really I've cool. had something take like a week and I've had something take a couple days because I know that at least publicly they've said that they've like reprioritize things. Like I know that when this all started, they stopped using third party logistics and we're only doing first party for everything. But like, I think medical supplies or PPE and that they were using third parties to move it as fast as possible, but all of their own goods, they were just moving on their own so that they could kind of like clear shipping lines for like more important stuff than just like, you know, DVDs or in my case, like, you know, audio cables or shit like that. Yeah, it's super interesting, man. There's so much. Like, I mean, Amazon's got to be. That's they're probably doing. So, didn't they hire a hundred thousand people? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that I think that is just solely based on the increase and in just the traffic at their distribution centers from everybody. Like, instead of just people convenience shopping just to shop online, it's now like people are convenience shopping too. But it's like people, like I probably wouldn't have bought allergy medication on Amazon necessarily. I would have probably just tried to find it in town so I could just grab it. But, you know, with it's that cheap and I don't have to leave the house and potentially expose myself to anything, then, you know, I'm going to do it. Like if I could, if I could legit do all of my grocery shopping, like a hundred percent of my grocery shopping on a website or Amazon and have it shipped to my house where I could like put it in my backyard and like, you know, disinfect it with like bleach wipes or whatever i would do that instead of having to like you know get dressed put mask on go to the store worry about staying six to ten feet away from everybody like wiping down my cart with a thing and like you know there's it's not a terribly high risk factor given you know the type of person i am in my age but it's still enough of a risk that it's you know it's kind of weird like how my perception of being out has changed you know. Yeah. What's the first thing you're going to do when this all blows over? Probably go to dinner would be because I've been, I don't, I don't like, I love cooking. I don't mind cooking, but being really forced to cook at home every single night, it gets, it gets not the type of food doesn't get tiring, but just the, like the responsibility and the necessity of it gets tiring. I like, I, like I want to go to Thai. There's a Thai restaurant off of, uh, the university campus called Thai Chili that like I want to go there and buy just a fuck ton of pad thai and just make myself sick eating pad thai. But I I'm not going to go. I don't want to go out and get takeout because like I work at, you know, at Starbucks and we've been open for 
take out since this all started. And I personally don't think we should be, I don't think any restaurant should be. So I don't want to put any other like restaurant worker in danger like I would by just going out and potentially spreading it to them or to me or anyone else, you know, it's just about like, it's the flattening the curve thing. It's just not necessarily like I'm not, not going out because I'm afraid if I step out my door, I'm going to get sick. It's more, I don't want to potentially get sick or get someone else sick who goes to a hospital and overwhelms it. Like fuck New York is like on fire right now. You know, their hospitals are so overwhelmed. They don't have like, no one has enough protective equipment or ventilators or any of the basic tools that they need because most of these hospitals are for-profit hospitals and they operate at such a, a thin margin for, for error. They don't want to stockpile all this stuff they need because it would cut into their, you know, their byline of, you know, profit or whatever. That's so crazy. I mean, it's, it's insane that like, like, uh, Oregon since this started, you know, like, it's a, if you look on, uh, I think it was on March 6th in, uh, on the governor's website, you know, it's, it's public record, all of her official communications and the office of the vice president wrote the office of the governor of Oregon, a letter offering 20,000 test kits to the state. And she turned it down because she said she did, she wanted to show state pride and said that Oregon was ready for this and we could do it. And then not even 10 days later, publicly, they're asking like saying, you know, when are we going to get our test kits? When are we going to do all this? It's like none of the states were prepared. And even if they weren't prepared, there's too much like dumbass political bravado on show because, you know, they're thinking about reelection and politics and not thinking like, okay, the decisions I'm making are literally contributing to a body count. You know, like now Oregon, just a couple of days ago, we sent some large amount, like two or 300 ventilators to the state of New York, you know, really? I'm all, yeah, I like, I'm all for helping, but like at some point you would like Oregon is not in a good place. We're not nearly as bad as California or, um, Washington, but like we're trending that way and it could get a lot worse. And to give up like the one critical thing that everyone is short on, it's not like we could just replace those at any time. Like we're going to have a hard time. Do you think that you're going to turn into more of a prepper after this? I mean, so I always have been a little bit like I'm, I'm, I've always been the person to, you know, be like better to be overprepared than underprepared or like need it, not have it, than have it, not need it, that kind of thing. But, you know, like my family, like we're not, you know, growing up, like my family is not, we're okay, but we're not wealthy. And both my parents came from children of immigrants. So they grew up fairly poor. And, you know, even we had, you know, three to six weeks worth of food, you know, it wouldn't be like fun food. It'd be like a lot of dry beans, a lot of rice, maybe like dry milk or something like that. Um, and when this all started, like I was kind of joking about how, like, I'm totally unprepared. I don't have any of this. And then, you know, uh, the elderly friend of mine who I went shopping for used to work for a disaster. It was like a disaster preparedness company and like a risk management company. And so he's fairly knowledgeable about how to handle disasters and things like this. So he had like a pretty solid list of things that, you know, everybody should have. And, I actually ended up having most everything on it, like, you know, bleach or bleach wipes and hand soap and medications. And, you know, like I had a ton of dry, like I'm good at eating poor. 
So like I've got a ton of dry beans and dry rice. Like I probably have, you know, it's cut down now, but when all this started, I probably had three weeks worth of only having beans and rice for every meal, you know, mm-hmm. which would be miserable, but it's, it's protein. You get your macros from it. So it works, but you know, I'm better prepared than I always have been, but I think now this is, it's kind of having, uh, an unattended or unintended consequence of this, of I have now, you know, three to six weeks worth of canned goods in my house and any of those uh, like cleaning supplies. And I don't have bottled water or like water filtration stuff, which that's something I should get. But like, I think I would be more, I don't know if I'd be like one of the dudes on like doomsday preppers or some shit, but like maybe like a a healthy medium, you know, I'm going full in, dude. <laughs> you buy you buy land out in the desert, getting a bug out bag, <laughs> building a compound. Dude, for sure, I'm for sure, for sure going to do that. And, okay. and here's why. Well, I already have. I'm a bit of a gun toting lunatic. So when it came to like guns and ammo, I was like, bro, I've got that. Don't have to worry on that front. But uh, as far as the food and shit, definitely lacking, not super concerned. Um, but that is definitely something that I'm going to, I think, get into. Uh, not not just partly because I think it would be fun. Mm-hmm. I think life would be more fun that way. And not that I ever would want a disaster to happen, but should an event like this occur again, and it will. You're ready, at least. It will. No, it definitely will. Uh, I would like to be ready. I would like to be prepared. I would like to... I would like to be, yeah, definitely ready, prepared for something like that, just in case, because there's no harm in not having that. There's no, there's no harm in like learning how to garden and be part of the food process. Yeah. That's something. Well, that, that, so that was something that we did too. Cause so like I have a small backyard, you know, enough that I can, I had a small vegetable garden and, you know, flower beds and planters and things. And last year we had a, you know, just a small kind of like hobby garden where we had like peppers and uh, a couple other vegetables and herbs. Um, this year, you know, we still, it's, we still need to get, it's almost, it's like kind of early or just the beginning of when like you would plant things like tomatoes and eggplants and nightshades and stuff like that. I need to go get plants like that and do that. But like, we've kind of mapped out a plan that like we are going to, we have succulents in our garden and things that are like year round plants that are hardy, but we've, we're going to go full edible in our backyard just in case that like, we definitely don't have the money to get all the plants or the space to grow like a hundred percent of every vegetable we need. And I'm not even confident that I'm capable of doing that right now at the skill level I'm at, but I'm definitely capable of growing enough that it could supplement quite a lot and make things stretch even further just in case, because I would, again, I would rather have like an excess of fresh vegetables that I have to figure out what to do with than you know, be solely subsisting on canned food or like, you know, if something happens, like I don't think society will break down, but it's very possible that, you know, there could be food shortages or supply chain issues because if this shuts down even more and people can't even go to work at those types of places, you know, anything is possible at this point. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anything is possible. Um, it, I, I just don't know. I think the timeline, man, I think we're going to probably be dealing with this and in, into June. Well, I know that like when this started, everybody was kind of like, yeah, you know, we might have to be a rough spring, but by summer we'll be fine. But like everything I'm seeing, like 
from anyone who knows anything about any of these experts that have been fairly consistently, you know, in the bell curve of being close to right about all of this is that like the current lockdown lockdown is probably going to go until mid to late June, early July, potentially even August. If you know, most places don't get to going already. And then the technical outbreak will last until July, 2021. And like the virus is, uh, it's heat and humidity sensitive. So it will largely die off over the summer and into the fall, but it could come back in the winter enough. roaring with a vengeance, yeah. dude. And that's, and I know that like, I haven't seen much about it, but I know when like two weeks ago, there was a lot of stuff about how there were uh, several Canadian companies that had viable like vaccine or they were on track to have viable vaccine candidates by like June, July, which would put probably with testing and everything and mass production, make it available to like vulnerable people by like early next year in the general population, probably by about, I don't know, May of next year, which means that like we could be like, this is like, I hate people saying the new normal because if you call it normal, you start to relax and you start to not treat this like this is something serious and dangerous. But I think for now, this is probably going to be the modus operandi for at least the next year. Uh, that's going to be so interesting. Well, I just wonder how many of these small businesses are going to be able to survive because not a lot of them are. I can't. I mean, I mean even with the stimulus package, that's going to be. Oh, and that stimulus uh, package was a joke. Like it's, I disagree. It's, it's helpful. Like some of the investments in, 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 insofar as like the economy will probably help to an extent, at least for the short term, you know, the next like maybe quarter, uh, like, you know, giving money to the airlines and putting stipulations about no, not being able to do stock buybacks. That's going to help because you can't have the entire air transportation sector collapse. You know, when all this starts going back up, we have no air transport that puts us back to like 1930, Um, you know, and I, to an extent, I, I understand giving high interest loans to, you know, big banks to keep the banking system up and going, because if the banking system collapses, the entire society will collapse. Um, Not be good. But the amount of money they've been throwing around and then to be like, start saying like, yeah, we're going to give everybody $2,000 twice over the next couple months to, you know, okay, well you get $2,000 once and then, okay, you're getting $1,200, but the, the like band of people getting it is so narrow that it leaves out a massive amount of people who really need the money that won't get it, that don't qualify. Like, I'm actually, I'm actually not talking about that. I'm talking about the SBA one where oh, they're the, yeah your paycheck i think that that's a very very i think if they would actually do like like they wanted to do originally do a payroll tax holiday and eliminate that for a year that would have been brilliant because that would have helped everybody not just small business it would have helped everybody equally but they didn't do that because everybody's just trying to score points for their team they're not actually trying to help there's only been like as far as i can tell you know like trump has been trying and seeming like he's kind of trying to help but also like very heavily shaded toward corporate interests just because that's his background and that's his constituent 
But like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have been out there fighting legitimately for everybody, not just corporations. And it feels like everybody else is like putting lip service to trying to help, but really just like getting pieces for them and for their, you know, their interest and kind of just like take what you can. Like who's that? Um, one of uh, Obama's uh, like higher ups in his cabinet said, had a phrase that it was like, uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Like, wasn't Obama, that was Kennedy. Was that Kennedy? Okay. It was somebody. I know that one of his, I think Arama Manual was very famous for saying that too, or using that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's what it seemed like is everybody's just been trying to like do things that like in the long run are necessary to talk about like different healthcare reforms and fundings for different procedures and things. But like right now in my, my estimation currently is like, that's, that matters. But like right now there are more urgent things to cover. Like getting like direct like they like for the time being the economy is going to have to either be like just full-on paused and industry and utility and everything is going to have to be nationalized temporarily or the entire economy is going to have to be reorganized actually not utility utilities are doing incredibly well right now that's another sector that you could invest in like pge all these those are utility well i don't i don't necessarily mean like nationalized to save them because they're going to collapse like i have no doubt that they're like crushing it and making money but like i'm thinking more in the sense that like if we're shut down and like you know like rent and utility payments are going to have to be stopped like not just frozen and you'll deal with it later but like there is no such thing as a rental payment or at least a utility payment for however long because you know like I don't know like, like that I, I don't know how they would do that necessarily but it would be like because like if you yeah sure you can't have your power or you shut off or your water shut off or you can't be evicted but you know there is not a landlord or a company that's going to come back in three to six months and be like okay it's over we go back to normal so you know you owe us about six months worth of bills you know, how about it? And then they shut you off then, you know, it's just, it's creating like a, a a deferred crisis of sorts, unless they do something that's much more like very clearly written in legal that you cannot do that. Like it just has to be forgiven or there's some sort of like tax credits down the road for the companies or the producers or even direct payments or something, you know? Yeah. I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at the national unemployment rate right now. I don't know what I know that two weeks ago it was 3.2 million people filed and last week was nearly double like it was 6.6 something million and like you know like my job has been cut substantially and I'm on leave and actually getting more money than I probably would if I was working because I wouldn't be working as much and you know my fiance's job was cut uh, by about 20 some percent because they're companies trying to save money in case something massive happens that they have to consolidate. So it's like a way of staving off layoffs, but you know, like everyone is going to have less money for quite a while. And even people who necessarily don't even have like as less, as little money as some people, like I will probably hopefully be able to continue working. And so will, so will my partner, but you know, I'm not going to have as much money as I normally do. And I sure as shit, I'm not spending it on anything. I don't absolutely have to, you know, oh, yeah. or at yeah, least, well, at yeah. least putting it in something tangible that can be redeemed later. Cause Holy shit. 
it's expected to be 15 percent yeah by the end of this quarter man yeah it's gonna it's bad it's gonna like i said there is absolutely no way that like just from the past like i know that the the technical definitions of recession and depression are predicated on x amount of straight quarters or whatever of you know decline or whatever but there's absolutely no way that we are not in a recession right now just from the last three weeks i really hope the fucking housing market crashes that that has got to happen because there's going to be because if, if not, only like because with the housing market there's going to be a lot of investment properties that suddenly become not investment properties anymore and people can actually buy them for themselves so that's going to drive the price down and hopefully like here you know, like shit, my parents want to move here. They might actually have a shot at owning a house because it might actually be like the affordable homes here might not be, you know, $280,000. Bro, you're way fucking low on that. That is cheap as shit. I would love to buy a home for that. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like the cheap, no, like, the, the cheap homes should be like a hundred and a hundred thousand, 110,000. Yeah, like 150, 160. Like yeah. there's like, yeah, where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. You could pay anywhere between four hundred thousand dollars to like three fifty. Yeah. It's, it's I know that out out here in like the the small town just outside of Corvallis and Philomath, the affordable housing is considered two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and those are like yeah. like seven eight hundred square foot houses that have absolutely no no frills at all. It's literally four walls that are sealed with windows and maybe air conditioning. I'm a big fan of value investing, and yeah. I. I the true value of a home isn't reflected in, in this market. So I think mm. that we're about to find the true price um, of a lot of things. But uh, one thing that I will say um, is I really hope that we never realize what the actual cost of anything is, like especially the actual cost of like producing food or a burger or something like that. Yeah. If, if, it ever, if it ever comes to that, that's not good. No. But um, I know I, I just I, there's a lot of go. there's a lot of opportunity that is to be had. There's a lot of things that people could take advantage of right now. I would encourage everyone to start that project you've been postponing and to continue to get better. Uh, now, me saying that, I have not done the best job at that, but today is a new day mm -hmm. and so is tomorrow. And I think that we can all get better from this and we can all learn from this and be more prepared. Like one of the things I was kicking myself for is like, fuck, I didn't have enough free cash to dump in the stock market. I won't let that happen again. <laughs> well, I will I mean, not make that mistake. It probably today, like now is probably not the time yet. You know, now's the time if you're in the market to, to kind of back away a little bit and oh, sell at the high end. You, if you're in the market like me and I don't even know how much money I've lost, I just haven't even looked. Stay I mean, that's what that's, that's, that's the, the long term. That's the smart long term thing. Like short term, if you want to back out a little bit, you know, no. give it six months, put some more in, and then it's going to go right back up to where it is now and you'll double what why, you had. Jamarco, why would you pay? Why would you buy a house at $50,000? And if someone offered you 20 because something radically changed oh no, no. i'm day. not so talking i'm not talking housing i'm talking just like no, no, just full-on trading gambling it's you know? a metaphor this is a metaphor listen it's a metaphor why would you buy a house at fifty thousand dollars and then the very next day sell it for 25 i mean you wouldn't it depends on when you got exactly. into the market it's the same thing with the stock market you know if you got into the market four years ago and you sell now you've you've 
like you're awash. It's you've maybe made a little bit, but you're pretty much just getting what you took, what you put in. You know, if you no, put, if you went in, you're going to get taxed on that. Yeah, you fucking. That's you, true. you should not invest in the stock market, Marco. You should you should mm. do buy homes, no. buy property. Yeah, <laughs> buying land. I've, stock markets for gambling. Stock markets not for investing. It's not. Well, it is. It's a little bit above, but um, yeah. But I mean, even if you look at things that like invest. even funds that like you know, like mutual funds and things like Tia Kref that you put money into to take out in like 35 years, what are the things that are the safest? It's real estate investing and land and utility. It's not, you know, company stocks or, you know, this person's making this thing. I'll buy stock and sell it in, you know, five years when they, you know, hit the market or whatever. It's yeah. like things that are tangible. Yeah, it is super interesting, man. What a what a what a time to be a toilet paper manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, right. You would think Oregon's economy time. going wild with all the trees that we all the lumber that we make. Oh, it is, buddy. It is. It is. Like I can see it from a shipping standpoint. I'm moving a lot of products into Mexico. I, I, for some reason, I'm like heavy into Mexico right now. From Mexico and into Mexico. Yeah. To and fro, bro. It's is crazy. There, it, so, from your perspective, is there a change on, not just like volume but on the type of things that were like generally either imported or domestically made that are now being imported yeah, from there they, or exported they, there i have a customer that produces milk they sell uh, organic milk and they ran out of uh, their inventory so it's just the joke that i made is they have a gun to all the cows as fast as possible yeah i'm sure their teeth are sore oh, uh, so we're buying a lot more milk we're buying a lot more bread. We're buying a lot more, you know, sent, uh, simple things. Uh, that's where our money's going. Yeah, not- I, I think that I think that this one of the uh, the effects that this will have non economic but more cultural. I think it's going to produce like people that are like coming of age now that are like between the age of like sixteen to twenty, and then people that who are already adults or young adults like us. Um, have that have grown up, you know, like we've gone through like, like this generation has not really necessarily had a really great run, you know, like we were born when the Gulf War started and lived through the nineties, which was like a nice boom, but like the country was constantly at war. There was crazy upheaval going on. The nine 11 happened and then war and war and war. And then the housing market collapsed. And then there was like kind of the false gains of after that, when they tried to prop up the market. You know, and now we're here and there's a global pandemic and another depression coming. I think what might happen is we might see a result of how, like, you know, not my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation had to go through a lot of shit and they kind of had a different and more practical outlook on life than, say, even my parents' generation had, where, you know, my parents' generation was more about, like, work and then leisure. And my great, my, you know, my grandparents' generation was more about, like, you know, get what you can get, but be happy with what you have and make the best of everything. You know, don't be upset that you have to eat canned food when you could be eating, you know, fresh vegetables and things because you're eating food, you know? Yeah. No, you're, you're definitely right, man. I think that that's going to be a big takeaway. Um, I also, one of the, one of the coolest things I've seen is how the levers of government and companies have been so much more easy to move. And that's, Mm -hmm. I can tell you that from a personal standpoint. And then also, uh, you remember, so Julian, uh, was a guest on the podcast. His, his company is, is doing great right now because (laughs) selling beer has got to be real big right now. They cannot sell their brew 
in daps anymore. So what do they do? That beer is going to go to waste. So they yeah. can it. Yep. And then the OLCC has then passed a law or fucking issued licenses for these breweries to be able to deliver their, their beer. Mm-hmm. So now these breweries in Portland are delivering beer. And also this virus also has led to strippers delivering food. <laughs> That's the wildest one. Fucking wild boober. I love it. That's ridiculous. Um, so it's it's just it's just stuff like that. Like I mean, to me, it it it, it full falls in line with like it's all bullshit. I've been saying that for years. Yeah, I, I think that's part of like the reorganization. It, you know, it's just all this stuff that everybody thought was just like, you know, it's it's the way. It's it's all societal bullshit. None of it really matters. It's just construct. Exactly. I mean, the, the OLCC, uh, which is like our, our liquor control thing, they cannot afford to have these breweries fail. No. And so they're going to do what they can because that's a huge source of revenue for them to make sure that they survive this. Yeah. And part of them surviving this is for them to be able to deliver beer. I think hopefully too, another thing that might, that I think it is starting to happen already, but hopefully it'll stick is that realizing that yes, while it is cheaper from a consumer standpoint and more profitable from a business standpoint to outsource all of your production or most of your production to countries that, you know, the reason it's so cheap is because they use slave labor, you know, maybe isn't not just unethical, but also from a practical standpoint, it might get through to these people that it's not practical either because like China has been shut down for now for almost two months and the global supply chain of everything is beginning to dry up or if it hasn't, it will soon because everything goes through China. So if they're not producing, the world's not producing. So get our medication. So we're going to, yeah, now that's also a lot of companies have moved their supply chains either to Canada or Mexico. Yeah. I've noticed that. Um, and it's, it's, it's been in, it's been, man, it's just been, it's been a wild time and it's so exciting to be alive in this wild time because i just don't know what's going to happen from day to day yeah i really don't. I and mean, i think that that's part of the beauty of it jokingly I feel my my neighbor like so he he gets he has a like an a print uh subscription to the wall street journal and cool. he's been like being extra careful about all of his mail that he'll bring it in and leave it in his garage for a week before he reads it just to make sure it's it's decontaminated because they're elderly and his wife has immunodeficiencies and it's just way too risky. And he yesterday he was just like, do you want this paper? It's been here for a week. I already read it on the digital thing, but it's a blast to read these things too that are, you know, a week or two old because they're all completely wrong. Like oh, wow. as, as fast as everything is moving, it's like, like really try to think, it's hard to think about this in perspective, but think about where we were on March 5th. Like... Everything was, people were like, yeah, this might, you know, Seattle was on fire and San Francisco was catching, but you know, not much had happened. And it was like everywhere else was just like, oh, you know, this is scary. If this turns into something, it's probably just like a bad flu season. We'll be fine. Life is normal. Literally three weeks later, the entire world, not just like countries, but the entire world is on lockdown. Like borders, most borders have been closed to unnecessary travel, like global supply chains are all completely different or like vastly different, you know, day-to-day life is different. People aren't going to work. And if they're working, they're at home, you know, you're not just going out to, you know, have a beer with friends or go hang out at a, go get dinner at a restaurant or go see a show or something. It's you're at home. You're, I mean, like for me, I very honestly, my life has not changed much. The only difference in my life that's changed is now 
I go to, if I go to work, I go to work and then I come home or I go to the store and I go out for supplies and then I come home. There's no, like, I'm a pretty homebody anyway. I used to go to the gym, you know, two, three, four times a week and then like would get bored and randomly like go walk around Fred Meyer or go, go to a record shop or just go wander around. But like, that's not happening anymore. So it's just, I'm at home and I'm just at home. So it's just like, I've just gone into cleaning and a lot of drinking and watching movies and playing video games, writing music and just ultimately doing all the things that I love and bring me joy, but uh-huh. without all of the outside stuff, you know, it sucks that I can't go exercise like I used to, cause I do really enjoy exercising, but I need to just kind of find my groove of being home and going for a run or, you know, figuring out how to do strength training at home, just with what everything I got at home, which is, you know, totally possible. Oh yeah, man. It's so nutty. Nutty and good. Well, man, I got to get off this thing. Oh yeah. It's been, it's been about an hour, but, uh, dude, I appreciate Let's, I, we're going to, hopefully we don't have to do this that much more often, you know, but, uh, Hey, if it, you know, at the very least, if things change and shit gets really wild, and no one can leave their house at all. Like it's like in Spain and Italy, we can still have a podcast. Just call me. Yeah. We'll do brother. Well, I appreciate it, man. And everyone, like I was saying, keep your heads up. This too shall pass. Uh, When this is over, we're going to do a series on prepping. Uh, I'm going to do a series on prepping. We keep you guys posted on some guests about that. I'll I'll see my friend who used to work for uh, that disaster company. I'll see if I could get him to call in to, or come to the show. That would be pretty cool. Oh, hell yeah, brother. Well, anyways, man, thank you, everyone. Love you, and stay safe out there. Don't get sick. Yep. All right, yep. see you later. All right, guys, peace.